and welcome to Weber's Whipping Post. I'm delighted you turned in to listen. This week, the Whipping Post will be in full use, so strap yourself in for the spectacle. You won't be sorry. We'll start with my latest commentary, Buckshot, from an old sot. Those are some events you might want to really worry about instead of the garbage the news feeds us. Then we'll go on to some other shots. Turns out Russian President Vladimir Putin reportedly has terminal pancreatic cancer, also possible prostate cancer, and even possibly Parkinson's. According to the New York Post, a 70-year-old Putin travels with oncologists and has been photographed with IV marks on his hand. So, get this. A treacherous dictator waging a war in Ukraine that the rest of the world is financing in opposition to him and who happens to be sitting on the world's largest nuclear stockpile, might be dying soon. What's to keep a dying Putin from mashing the big red button and launching a nuclear holocaust on his way out? Speaking of the Ukraine, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to put the in front of Ukraine. Speaking of Ukraine, how much money are we going to pour into this situation? Damn, I feel sorry for those poor folks, but currently we're squandering about $4.5 billion per month over there. Biden's recent promise of 31 Abrams tanks will increase that number, and we might possibly have to man them putting American troops in Ukraine. Given the cost and Putin's frame of mind, wouldn't it be prudent just to sit on the side for a while and see what happens? These things seem to have a way of working out on their own. Meanwhile, environmental and economic elitist gas bags recently met at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Evidently, their top priority was pondering the environment again. Last May, to show their deep concern with a deteriorating environment, these elitists flew 1,040 private jets into Davos. That number is not expected to decline this year. Each one of those private jets averages emitting seven metric carbon tons just for the trip. By comparison, yours and my carbon footprint is approximately four tons per year. The grand poobah of environmental gas bags, Al Gore attended, presumably on his private jet. In a rant described as unhinged, he shrieked and ranted about rain bombs and boiling oceans. You would do well to recall, though, my friends, that all of Gore's predictions keep proving spectacularly wrong. The pompous John Kerry Hines was there, too, bristling that some reporter had the audacity to question his private jet usage. He regularly tools around the world in his wife's 1995 Gulfstream. Illinois Governor Toilets Pritzker attended, presumably flying via his private jet another Gulfstream to hobnob with fellow snobs. Makes one wonder if they have big jets contests. What the governor of a nearly bankrupt state needs to be doing at an economic conference is anybody's guess. The transportation industry is headed by another smaller version of a gas bag, former Mayor Pete Buttigieg from South Bend, Indiana. Since taking office, Pete has flown on at least 18 private flights courtesy of the taxpayers, despite his public advocacy of government action to curb carbon emissions. Under PD's watch as Transportation Secretary, the transportation issues that the country has experienced include massive supply chain interruptions at the ports, creating shortages in everyday items, numerous flight cancellations, of which some were of a suspicious nature, and a near rail strike. 
Petey, along with his husband, took two months paternity leave during the port congestion disaster. You heard that right. Perhaps we should give this clown a Prius and send him packing. Admittedly, private jet ownership makes me extremely jealous. I've done it a few times, courtesy of some larger corporations that we did business with. And let me tell you, if you haven't done it, it's a couple of steps above first class. I'd love to travel that lavishly again, not deal with the crowds, airports, crowds, parking, crowds, overstuffed planes, crowds, sneezing people, and did I mention crowds? But I'll be damned if I'm going to stuff my 2XL backside into a Prius while elitist gas bags bloviate about what we need to be doing to save their planet. A Joe Rogan podcast made a noteworthy observation the other day. You remember Joe. He made Neil Young cry. He brought up the fact that there were never any perp walks on Jeffrey Epstein. Considering we've seen perp walks from lots of infamous scoundrels, why not Epstein? And we still don't know who killed him. We have a good idea, but for the sake of safety, we'll leave that answer alone. Queen Nancy Pelosi is at it again, conveniently selling 30,000 shares of Google stock in December, about a month before the Department of Justice announced an antitrust investigation against them. The stock was down about 13% by the end of December, potentially saving her $400,000 by my rough math. That's insider trading, folks. Her ass belongs in prison. A shout out to all those global warming alarmists, including the elitists in Davos, who all might want to spend time looking at possibly some more critical matters, events such as the Earth's shifting magnetic poles or possibly the ground under us might warrant a little attention. After all, they are events which nobody can do anything about either. Turns out the magnetic North Pole has floated 600 miles towards Siberia and seems to be picking up speed. At the same time, the magnetic field in the South Atlantic is weakening. If this continues, Earth will experience something called reverse polarity, which has happened 183 times in history. Flipping alters Earth's magnetosphere and weakens our protection from cosmic rays and solar particles. As a reminder, getting smacked by an asteroid is how the dinosaurs became extinct. We're 230,000 years overdue for the poles to reverse again. Also, according to the U.S. Geological Society website, of the 181 active U.S. volcanoes, 18 are labeled highest threat. Most are between San Francisco, California, and Seattle, Washington. We Midwesterners can't feel overly smug that California will one day fall in the ocean due to an earthquake, though. We live near the New Madrid seismic zone, which was the largest earthquake in the history of the contiguous states. Scientists believe that the probability of it popping again at magnitude 7 or even an 8 is about 10% in the next 50 years. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. Elitists everywhere are counting on your fear and compliance. It's good for their business. Did you notice Biden's boneheads are no longer bothering to deny blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline? Nord Stream, of course, was Russia's undersea pipeline in the Baltic Sea connecting with Germany. Last September, somebody sabotaged it, cutting off the oil supply to Germany, along with a large source of Russia's income. Of course, Biden and the boneheads blamed Russia because, well, that's what Democrats do. They blame Russia. It made no difference that it was illogical Russia would cut its own pipelines. We still had to blame Russia. 
Well, now it's starting to look like Biden and the Bonehead were behind it. Wonder what our ally, Germany, thinks of that move. More to come. Okay, it's the Chiefs against the Eagles in Super Bowl 57. The refs and possibly the NFL made sure of that. Every time a Bengals player moved, he had a flag lobbed his way. And I'm not even a Bengals fan. I wanted Buffalo to be the AFC contender. Of all the teams that got into the playoffs, these were my two least favorites to reach. So I really don't care who wins now. I see where former President Donald Trump is sparring more with future President Ron DeSantis. This time, it is about how COVID was handled in Florida and, well, what difference does the rest of the facts make? It's just more of Trump's ego. This is exactly why I no longer support him. In his scorched earth quest for another term, Trump is determined to tear down and destroy what perhaps may be the best conservative candidate to come along since, well, Trump. America is not going to elect you again, Don. They will lie, cheat, and steal to make sure it cannot happen. They have proven it. Step aside and let Ron continue making America great again. What the hell were those cops thinking beating that black kid to death in Memphis? From all reports, the 29-year-old was a nice guy and not in any trouble with the law. And then five black policemen beat the man to death for a petty traffic violation? You know, wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to refer to cops as white or black? There must have been something we've not been told. This just doesn't make any sense, folks. Listen, in most instances, I side with cops more than so-called victims. Regardless, though, five armed policemen against one unarmed man. Those cops deserve whatever the courts and their God throw at them. And to the mainstream media who tried to make this a racial issue, too, screw you. Well, he wasn't my first choice, not even my second choice. But the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, has made a little headway, possibly in draining the swamp. This week, he threw Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, and Elon Omar off their choice, cushy positions on committees. Of course, this was met with howls of accusations of political vengeance and stomping of feet. I hope it was vengeance, folks, as Biden is undoing everything Trump did completely out of vengeance. The only thing that would make me happier is if all three were now tossed on their keisters in the pokey. That damn ship is so crooked, they'll have to screw that bastard in their ground when he dies. You know, on second thought, Swalwell could be deported to China and then Elon back to whatever rock she crawled out from beneath in the Middle East. Good riddance. While getting rid of ineffective, lazy, and shiftless politicians, McCarthy might as well start impeachment proceedings on Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He's the clown that has allowed our southern border to collapse. Have you ever seen that Geico commercial that has the Wright brothers on their inaugural flight arguing over the armrest? Now that is some funny stuff right there, folks. I got a bad feeling about the year 2023 as it pertains to our older classic rock musicians. Geez, already this year, in addition to industry giants, Jeff Beck and David Crosby passing away, others that have joined them are Fred White, drummer for Earth, Wind & Fire, Robbie Bachman, drummer for Bachman Turner Overdrive, Top Topham, guitarist for the Yardbirds, Dean Daughtry, keyboardist for the Atlanta Rhythm Section, Floyd Sneed, drummer for the Three Dog Night, and geez, even the guy who wrote I Heard It Through the Grapevine, Barrett Strong. 
I guess none of us are going to get out of us alive, are we? Time's up, folks. Blogging is done for the week. I would be delighted if you were to tune again next week. Now for more floggings. <laughs>